Unbroken Podcast. I'm Alexandra Amor, author and lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life via the psychological paradigm called the Three Principles. We explore the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including resolving things like unwanted habits, anxiety, trauma, depression, and more. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you're struggling to resolve an overeating habit, I invite you to go to freedomfromovereating.com where you'll find all the details about the online course I've created based on my 30 plus years of struggle and how I found the solution to my own overeating habit by exploring this inside out psychological paradigm. Use the coupon code podcast at checkout to save 20% on this unique and comprehensive course. And now here's the show. Julie Cluley, welcome to Unbroken. Thank you. Lovely to be here. It's so great to have you. So let's begin with you telling us about uh, a little bit about your background and how you came to find the principles. Okay, so my, I guess, knowledge of the principles has been since about 2018, um, from memory, and I came across the principles uh, one of these like Facebook ads that kind of just pops up. Um, it was Nicola Bird, who you've maybe heard of, mm-hmm. um, who, yeah, was on that video. And just one of those moments, you know, where you're like, whoa, what? Wait, what? <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting. And at that time, I was struggling um, with, I guess you could say anxiety, burnout, overwhelm, that kind of thing. I was being told it was all my hormones and, you know, all of that kind of stuff and offered various things from HRT to antidepressants to all kinds of things that I wasn't really, yeah, it just didn't sit that well with me. So I was kind of resisting that, but getting a bit desperate, (laughs) like, oh my God. And yeah, I just came across that video and downloaded, I think, originally like a six week kind of course thing, online course, and then something else. And quite quickly, I just knew I was like, oh, my God, this is like, you know, this changes everything. Um, And very quickly, actually started to feel a lot better. And I within a year, I think year or two maybe a year I signed up for her um like coaching program to kind of become practitioner um so I did that and yeah qualified in that it was April 2020 okay Um, (laughs) yeah and yeah it was interesting and yeah just I just kind of have brought that into so I um was a dog behavior coach for yeah since 2006 so like 18 years so I've been doing that just kind of you know that was fine it was great really enjoyed it did that along with um having my kids and so I was kind of juggling work kids that kind of thing um and then I added in the practitioner 
thing as well. And then since COVID, things have evolved quite differently mm. um, and kind of combined the two in the, in the online world. Oh, fascinating. Oh, interesting. And before you found the principles, had you be so many of my guests had been sort of lifelong seekers, you know, people who were looking for answers. Would you classify yourself as that or describe? Not really. No, Mm. no, not really. No, I was kind of interested in kind of why are we here and and that kind of thing, but I wasn't like, no, I wasn't a big seeker. I think Mm. because I, I guess, well, it seemed to me that it came up when things were bad. And so up until that point, I, you know, I did have a burnout maybe about 10 years previously, but things had just kind of been okay, you know, nothing major. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I wouldn't say I'm in that category. Okay. All right. Good to clarify. And the thing that I'm fascinated by and what I wanted, you know, to talk to you about mostly today is this intersection between your dog training and the principles. And I just find that so fascinating. So yeah, let's explore that a little bit. So how do you, or do you fold the principles in with your dog training work? Yeah. Yes, I very much do. Um, the interestingly, when I came across the approach that I share with dogs um, around dog behavior, it was kind of similar to when I came across the three principles. It was one of those whoa moments where I had been trying to find ways to help my own dog and I was just coming up against a brick wall. It was very much obedience and training and do this and do that. And I just, yeah, nothing really resonated until I came across this approach, which is called um, dog listening. Mm. And I did my training and all that kind of stuff way back then. But what I found when I came across the principles was um, it was almost like I had a new language to use in, to share the same thing. So I was sharing the same thing, but just in maybe a slightly different way, slightly different delivery. And it felt much nicer, much more relaxed because the the approach, the way I was taught with my dog listening approach was quite although it, it was very different to anything else that was out there, it was still very much do it this way. It's this way or the highway. And I was like, mm, I can see it works really well, but I can also see that the same four kind of um, areas look different in every household mm. and look different for each person. And so coming across the principle, I was like, ah, oh, I see what I was kind of, you know, it just didn't feel quite right. I felt a little bit antsy about it because I, was, I wasn't really in the game for dictating what people had to do or not do. Um, so, yeah, I think the first thing that really helped was bringing a new language to the, mm. to the same thing. Really. Right. Yeah. And on your website, you mentioned you had quite an anxious dog. And yeah. that was sort of the impetus for your search for help for her. Yeah. And I, I imagine, I'm just guessing, that um, the human being the in the in the room, in the house, and their state of mind affects the dog's state of mind. Is that true? Yes, I would definitely say that that is true. However, I would want to clarify that, that 
with that, very quickly, from a human perspective, we go into terrible judgment and like, oh my God, I need to fix my anxiety. Otherwise, now I'm going to have an anxious dog and an anxious me. And that just more and more thinking, escalating the whole, you know, the whole shebang. So there's, there is a certain amount of truth in that. However, it is possible to still have anxious thinking and your dog's fine. Mm. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. So it, so how does our thinking affect dogs or when is, you know, do you, or can you tell? Yeah, I think it comes down to like understanding your dog. So we very often put our thinking onto our dog, which obviously isn't true. We're making that up. So mm-hmm. when we can start to really understand what, not what our dogs are thinking, because quite honestly, we'll never know, but what they are telling us from what we do know about their body language and what certain things mean, because there's a lot of um, misrepresentation and a lot of confusion around, for example, um, you know, my dog is, you know, really happy to see me when it comes home and it's really overexcited and, you know, it's wagging its tail and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, really, is that what's going on? Or is it that it's just really relieved to see you because mm-hmm. the dog didn't know where the heck you were and was really worried about the fact that you left and they're just really relieved. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different understanding mm-hmm. what's going on. And the action that you take from that place is very different. Mm-hmm. So, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So I, I was seeing a, a client earlier today, just as another example, and she said to me, you know, my dog really enjoys the walks, um, but when I get the lead out, she runs away and hides. Hmm. I'm like, so why do you think your dog likes the walk? And she said, because he, she's always asking to go for a walk. When it gets to this certain time, she's asking to go. And I was like, ah, okay. So really what's happened there is, the dog's been conditioned to know roughly when they go for a walk and the dog wants the walk to happen on their terms. And so the dog is then going, okay, let's go. But actually the dog clearly doesn't want to go. (laughs) But then once they finally wrestle the dog into the lead and head out the door, the dog then is off first. And so it's understanding, well, why is that happening? And you know, and seeing that, oh, well, there's definitely, I'm missing something here. If the dog is hiding from the lead, then there's, it's not, it's not as straightforward as what we think. Whereas we just assume that a dog likes to go for a walk and maybe that's not true. Mm. And they will give us signs and signals. And so it's like really, really observing and listening and, um, tr- you know, trying to understand what their state of mind is and actually they're very obvious with their state of mind kind of as our as are we do you know it's like you can see that if they're like this then they're probably you know in a heightened state without putting anything else onto it just that is helpful to know um and we know that any being in a heightened state is going to make different actions or take different actions than any being that's in a more 
you know, settled state. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw a little video and I don't even know how I stumbled across it on YouTube the other day. And it was a a mother dog, a golden retriever. And there were a bunch of puppies there. And I guess they were being, she was weaning them. And so they were inside on one side of a baby gate. And then the, the mother dog came in and they were all, you know, squiggly and happy to see her. And their little tails were wagging like crazy and trying to nurse. And it was the most remarkable thing. The mother, like she sort of growled at them, you know, and snapped at them a little bit and they all had to calm down. Like they all had to get quiet and calm and kind of settle down before she would let them nurse. And I just thought that was the most fascinating thing. One of the most fascinating things I've ever seen. So this calm state of mind that we talked about, that we talk about in the principles, um, extends outward you know it doesn't just apply to us I don't think so I mean who really knows but to my mind you know that's a perfect example of in a very you know like calm gentle way okay she was growling but she was in no way aggressive with them I'm assuming no you know, she was very much just like no this isn't happening yeah. <laughs> yes. know, very clear yes. very calm very you know I would imagine she's kind of looking away from them. She's holding herself tall. She's very relaxed. She's like, this is just not happening until you lot settle down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's one of the things that we share in, in dog listening. When we come across our dogs, when we come home and our dogs are going mental, it's like, that's not the time. That's not the moment to greet them. That's not the moment to engage with them. If that's a behavior that you don't want. And right. clearly, for in the bigger picture, we don't really want them to be in that heightened state. Yes. Yeah. And and so as a little piece of mind practitioner, when you have client or do you ever have clients that have that have dogs and and you're working with them about their anxiety, um, does the dog behavior ever get folded in that way? Yes, it does. Very mm. naturally, actually. So I have a, um, the way I work with people is a, is a group online course. Mm-hmm. And basically what happens is that people will come in and they'll go through the modules and they'll learn the um, approach. And then we have weekly calls and we have WhatsApp connections with, with everybody. And what tends to happen is, you know, when people first join, there's a lot of activity and then they kind of fall away and then go, come back and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's really interesting because I would say that, you know, 80% of people that I work with have some level of anxiety, like identify as having anxiety because mm. clearly everybody has moments of anxiety, particularly, well, often where their dog's concerned because we like to be in control and we can't control these beings and that really upsets us. <laughs> so, yes, that does come into it definitely so on those weekly calls when I'm coaching I'll coach about the dog um and I'll also coach about (laughs) you could see mine look (laughs) she's peeking in the door (laughs) 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 sure yeah (laughs) I thought I'd left it open wide enough for her to come in but 
Right. No, she was not for pushing the door. Um, <laughs> What's her name? So she's called Fudge. Fudge. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. she looks like a fudge, really. She's kind of fudge colored. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to be fudge or honey. That was mm. her. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I do very much bring the, the three principles into the into the conversation, um, which can be very helpful. Although I do, I would say that there's definitely space for, um, how would I say it, like more of that, you know, more kind of targeted. So one of the ideas I have for the next few months, once um we've unloaded the people for this month, this uh, time, this month is to actually um, target anxious dog owners rather oh, than yeah. owners of anxious dogs. Yeah. Um, and the kind of idea behind that is to, is to really, I guess, focus primarily on the three principles with the kind of dog approach brought in underneath it and then just just playing with it and just seeing how that works and and you know what happens um yeah because it is definitely it's it's a really special connection it really Mm -hmm. is um yeah it's kind of like the I was I was thinking the other day actually I've, I've always had in mind about writing a book who knows if I'll ever get around to it but I did come up with the name um oh, now I forgot uh the inside out understanding of dogs nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that would that would kind of work you know that would yeah be, that would be special um so yes I think we'll we'll see we'll yeah see. yeah oh interesting and I, I imagine that anxious people with dogs, maybe this isn't true, but can see their anxiousness reflected in the dog's behavior. Is that true? Mm, that's interesting. I don't think so. I don't pe- okay. think people who are in it can mm-hmm. see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be my experience. When you're in it, it looks like the dog is the problem, the dog needs to be fixed, and something needs to happen out there. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that what you've just said is is helpful to point people towards. Right. Because obviously once we see that it's it's all heat in in us, then Really, it makes life a lot easier because mm. you're not trying to fix this dog that, you know, there's really nothing wrong with the dog. The only thing that's wrong ever is that they're in this heightened state and then they're acting crazy from that. Mm. So if we can take that down, then they don't act crazy. I'm just covering the like all dog behavior <laughs> issues there with acting crazy. But you know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> yes. But and it, it's such a beautiful parallel because it is it is so similar with us when we're in a heightened state and our thinking is really stirred up, you know we're we're acting a little crazy, yeah. and and then when we learn that we can, you know, have a bit of an impact on that, and that waiting until we are our state automatically settles down, because it will happen that way is uh is so incredibly helpful 
Yeah. It really is. It's like the only job that we have to do, if there is even a to-do, is just, you know, look after yourself, go have fun, do, you know, whatever to, yeah, you're going to be in that state. It's hiding there underneath. And and it really is the same with our dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's often about creating an environment where they're able to relax so that, you know, they can rather than trying to make them relax, you know, like go relax, <laughs> lie down, you know, yes. it's like yeah. it's create an environment where they can, where they feel they can relax, um, which is making me laugh because now I think she is going to lie down because her, her bed is over there and it's up against the wall. And she's like looking at it going, could you please bring it down? Could oh. you please bring it down? <laughs> but she's fine. She's laid down. It's all right. Um, okay. Yeah. Good. So it's, you know, creating environments where they feel comfortable, they feel happy, they feel relaxed, and recognizing where they're not feeling like that and working up to those places. Not to say, you know, we're never going to, you know, move to your edge. Like we all kind of want to move to our edge to develop and evolve, but we don't We don't want to go beyond it mm-hmm. because we're just in a horrible place, really. Horrible right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, oh, excuse me. So looking back toward your sort of dog ownership parenthood, um, before you found the principles, do you notice, um, changes in, in yourself about that? Yes, definitely. I would say the, the dog listening that I kind of came across you know changed everything with Mm. regards to dog ownership and then I think the one thing that I felt with the the approach that I share without the principles it did feel quite uh maybe onerous maybe like there was quite a lot to do Mm. um you know there was a bit of a list and you kind of had to tick those off and and I guess now that list is still there it's just held much more lightly I think that would be the best way to describe it it's kind of like yeah we can do it one day if we don't do it you know nothing nothing's gonna happen and the good thing with dogs is you cannot get it wrong because they will tell you they will keep you right Mm. so you, you you just can't get it wrong you know like yeah if if you do they'll tell you and then you can reassess and sort it out Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a much easier, lighter kind of way of being, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say that's that's probably for me personally. That's that's what's happened. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, and I imagine it's affect your parenthood with your human children as well. The principles. Yes, definitely. Although I would say that maybe there's a work in progress there (laughs) (laughs) with my youngest um (laughs) although we are getting there and making progress but yes absolutely of course it has made a difference you know it's made a massive difference um but I think I guess it's really interesting isn't it with with the principles that there's we have blind spots and I guess with dogs, it's just is blown open and it's really clear. And there's just, it's just so obvious to me. Mm. Whereas with children, 
Yeah, maybe less so. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know? Yeah. It looks really like the problem is out there. (laughs) Like, I know it's not, but yeah. Whereas with dogs, somehow, and, you know, we never know which ones we're going to get when, but with the dog thing, it's like, I just can't, I I genuinely can't see problem dogs. So when people come to me, Mm. there's no, there's never any real problem. You know, it's just, we all just need to settle down here and yeah. just need to put a few things in place and boom, before you know it, you're like, you know, wow, whoa, whoa, what have you done to my dog? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, that kind of thing. Um, whereas, yeah, with children, yeah, maybe less so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned um, that, w- that when you stumbled across the principles, you were feeling overwhelmed and um burnout did you say burnout as well yeah burnout I think that would probably be the best way to describe it um yeah that would that would be the thing and and have you do you find that that has shifted since yeah massively massively yeah um it did take a while for that to shift I would suggest actually a good few years like I kind of the anxiety and the panic attacks seem to dissipate dissolve not quite overnight, but very quickly when I bumped into the principles, but the overwhelm, um, yeah, was kind of the thing, you know, the thing that you're like, right, I need that to go now. Yeah. (laughs) So that took a while because there was quite a lot of resistance. Um, But yeah, that's definitely a lot less uh, tight, I suppose is the word, you know, it's, it's, don't get me wrong, sometimes I feel overwhelmed, mm-hmm. uh, but it's never, it never seems to have quite the same intensity. Um, and it really blows my mind how it doesn't matter how busy you are or how, you know, like, yeah, I feel, I feel overwhelmed on holiday. And then when I'm back at work and I've got everything going on, I'm like, oh, this is fine. <laughs> like, you know, just being able to see that is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, funny that, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, it's it's such a yeah, a state of mind problem, quote unquote. Yeah, that that we get into. And so what did you see or what do you see about overwhelm and burnout that might help others? Um yeah, it's a really good question. It's and actually it's funny because I haven't and thought about it for quite a long time, yeah. which is interesting. Um, I think for me, the the thing that really helped with with all of it was to to realize that being overwhelmed, I guess that it didn't mean anything, and that it just I was able to at some point I was able to almost well actually not even almost but kind of laugh at it you know I could see it for what it was I could see my mind like almost whizzing itself up and (laughs) you know I was like whoa what really you know and it was kind of like oh yeah you're kind of doing that thing again and I guess 
I just was able to just, yeah, it was just, it was something lighter about it, something less serious. Whereas I think before I just thought, oh my God, if I get overwhelmed and then I'm going to get panicked and then, you know, I'm going to fall out with the kids and then I'm going to have to divorce my husband. And then, and then, you know, it was like, whoa, in about 30 seconds. You know? yes, yes. <laughs> it was like, okay, do you really have to do all of those things or would you just... You know, <laughs> sit here and breathe kind of thing um yeah. and I think at some point you know when you just have that maybe a little bit of distance between what's going on up here and and how fast it's going to just yeah stepping back a little bit and and recognizing that it's up here and actually that springs to mind the thing that really really helped me and it's so simple and so kind of silly but it was those um snow globe i'm sure you've heard of the yeah. snow globe analogy yeah where you shake it up and you just put it down like i literally could see myself shaking it mm. and then i'd be like okay okay maybe it's time to put this down is there, <laughs> you know i would literally look around myself and go right is there anything that needs to be done right now like right this second mm. and if there's not then you've got time to go and breathe for three minutes or whatever yeah um so yeah that's probably the things that helped me most thinking about it yeah yeah that snow globe metaphor is such a good one and uh yeah I love it my little snow globe is over there on the shelf <laughs> yeah I, I haven't got one actually and I really oh, do need to invest in one because yeah. I use it a lot for um my my dog clients because we very easily can do that with our dogs. You know, it's like, oh my God, it went out and it like barked at somebody and then this person did that. And then, and then, you know, the next time this is what could happen and it's like, okay, none of that's happening. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I do use that, the snow globe thing. So I, yeah, note to self. <laughs> in yes. <the> snow globe. <laughs> Put one on your birthday list for next time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding. Um, I, what else do I want to ask you? I guess, why don't you tell us a little bit about the little peace of mind program that you run and how that works and how often you do it and, and what people take away from it. So the program that I run is not a little peace of mind. That was the program that I did. Okay. So yeah, I, that was the program that I was on was part of and became a little piece of mind practitioner right um but these days what i do is i run a course called peaceful pause oh so it's the dog training that's the course i thought it was the little piece of mind gotcha okay it's the dog training yeah the anxious dog owners one is still in my mind it's not in form yet but okay and I don't know what that'll be called peaceful people maybe (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) peaceful peaceful people yeah that works I like yeah yeah um yes so peaceful pause is the one that I run that I love and been running it now for well in various different formats for a few years but kind of as it is now for about just over a year Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just it's a place where people can come and be part of something. So it's like you join, you get the course, the modules, and you can work through all of that, which um, is a kind of an education on the on understanding dog behavior and 
how they are and what they do, what we what we know of what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's that side of it is, is the course. And then the I guess the bigger part of it probably is the community, which is we do a, a weekly call every Friday lunchtime and we have a Monday evening once a month. And we also have WhatsApp connection. Mm. And really that's where the magic happens because you take the information from the modules and then you put it into practice and then usually it all kind of goes what am I doing (laughs) (laughs) right but my dog didn't do what 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 I thought it was going to do when I did that and so um we kind of um yeah I just I'm able to coach in those calls um it's group coaching but I can do you know one-to-one with people while everyone's listening which I find incredibly powerful because you don't have the almost the defensiveness it's like you hear more when somebody else is being coached and it's like oh yeah my dog does that too oh right and so I found that really incredibly helpful um and that's what my clients come back to me with they love that just listening um and then in between times if there's like maybe a uh, like a win or something you know something good's happened then they'll share it in the group or if they're having a panic they'll share that in the whatsapp group and we can <laughs> you know keep everybody on track and and I guess from when I first started it with you know just a few people in it we've now got 20 or so it's um it's just been so beautiful to see how everybody has supported each other mm. and you know it's just a really yeah it's just a really beautiful space really really love it um so that's where I mainly do my work actually mm-hmm. these days um I find the format works really well um when people first come in they do have a one-to-one with me like this mm-hmm. so that really so I can get to know them and their dog you know really well personally just to start them off um and then you know go from there in the in the group space um but yeah, it's um, it's really special. I really, I really love it. Um, it's a brilliant opportunity. It's a brilliant way. And you know, if it hadn't been for COVID, I'm not sure it would have taken off in the way it has because a lot of people couldn't get their head around. Well, I need you to come and see my dog. Yes. So you know, the idea that I can help your dog when you know really your dog's just lying at your feet. Yeah. Um, is I I to be honest I had known before COVID that that was a thing because I could see that people learned way better when I wasn't there mm. oh, because wow. if you think about it you know if you have someone come to your home you're already kind of on edge because you're like oh god what's the dog gonna do and you know is it going to be bad enough because sometimes people are like now it's being really good like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I wanted it to do the thing so that you could see and I'm like I believe you yeah I, don't it. I believe you and so um yeah as long as there's like that two-way trust in that you know they believe that I believe them then we're we're all singing off the same hymn sheet and then that then it's fine mm-hmm. um, in a much more relaxed atmosphere to, mm-hmm. to love. whereas when the dog's there it's yeah it's, it's a bit of a distraction and you're really only dealing with whatever ha- is happening in that moment rather than you know the whole day or week that the dog is living with you 
Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. And then do you work with people one-on-one from a three principles perspective, like about anxiety? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Yeah, I do. Um, And I do, I kind of, yeah, as I say, I do the one-on-one thing and I quite, I do enjoy the one-on-one thing, but I actually, I think I deep down, I prefer the group thing, Mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why this kind of anxious dog owners is coming to mind Mm. um but I do understand that when you're feeling anxious you maybe don't want to be with other people Mm. so you know I can yeah I can see that there's um there's space for for all of it um but for me I think that yeah I'm quite excited about seeing what happens with the helping people from you know the owner recognizing their anxiety and wanting help with that and then subsequently that will have an effect on the dog um so it's kind of the same just a slightly different take on it yeah yeah no so interesting yeah fascinating well we're coming up I think almost to the end of our time here together is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to share I don't think so. Um, I think if anybody is watching this this week um, and they are interested and want to come and find out what on earth I'm talking about, about <laughs> listening to three principles and all this stuff, um, I can send you the link. I have a free kind of three days of action that I'm going to do next week. So I'm going to spend some time. Um, we're going to do some trainings each morning and then a Q&A. So it's an opportunity for people to bring their particular question their particular issue to me um and i can um answer that directly mm-hmm. and point in the right direction so i do that every few months just as a way to make sure that this information is accessible to everybody to be mm-hmm. honest we want it to be accessible to as many people as are possibly interested because not only does it help us the human it just for me it's the dogs and you know being an advocate for the dogs so the more people that can um be touched by that mm-hmm. yes so yeah so if anybody is happening to does happen to be listening to it this week um then they would yeah i'd love to see them yeah in that in that space sure yes okay so i i can put a link in the show notes um at unbrokenpodcast.com so speaking of which, tell us where we can find out more about you and your work. Yeah, just generally my website is www.juliehelpsyouhelpyourdog.co.uk and there are blogs and there's a free ebook that will um, that you can just download. Um so yeah, there's lots of there's lots of things on there. I am on Instagram as well, but I don't use it that much. So I'm not even going to tell you about it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I'm just like, oh, and I'm also on LinkedIn though, um, as well. So Julie Cluley on LinkedIn. And yeah, I do do a bit of work in that space. But yeah, I just find the social media talking about overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I hear that. It my mind. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, so, I'm not a dog owner, but I signed up for your, you have a free video as well about um, 
anxious dogs. And I found it really informative. But like I say, <laughs> I don't have a dog, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, just really. And that's the thing. It's, um, yeah, it is quite fascinating just to see mm-hmm. what's going on. And to even just, I often say to people, if they are scared of dogs, you know, mm. there's, there's things that you can do. Actually, I'm going to just share that with you right now is that if you are scared of a dog and they're, you know, running up to you. So the, the first thing is, if you're, find yourself among dogs is just don't make any eye contact whatever you do mm. do not make any eye contact keep your eyes above the dog level mm. as best you can take your hands and keep them out of the way cross your arms because then there's nothing for the dog to grab mm-hmm. do you know some may grab clothes but that helps crossing your arms keeping your eyes above the dog level and then just not turning your back but just sort of turning like that so kind of side on yeah you don't want to turn back on in case you know and whatever you do don't run (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) yes oh that's great yeah thanks for those tips anyone who's anxious about dogs yeah yeah I always say to people with kids you know just say to them because kids are really good at like you know, when you give them an action to to do, not a not doing. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. like, you say don't make eye contact. They're like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> look at the other dog. So <laughs> yes. I always say, just for kids, just cross your arms and look at the sky. Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. Oh, and very it's really, cool. really powerful because then, you know, there's nothing for the dog. There's no threat then for the dog. And the dog will, like, literally 99.9% of the time just kind of come to a halt and go, oh. mm doing there whereas if you're going like this and looking at them and going oh I'm scared the dog's like oh great yeah (laughs) things to to be having (laughs) yes yeah oh awesome all right great well thank you for that tip Julie it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you so much for inviting me on it's been lovely thank you take care bye-bye bye for now bye bye thank you for listening I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. To learn more about how to resolve an overeating habit in a way that's unlike anything else you've tried, go to freedomfromovereating.com. Use the coupon code PODCAST at checkout to save 20% on this unique and comprehensive course. See you next time.